Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, January 9th, 2020. Today we're reading from the big book. Imagine that. We're back in the big book. And, and we are currently on page 81, the second paragraph. It reads, our, our, it starts rather, our design for living. We're just going to read the one paragraph only. So today's readers, we have Nancy M. on the 12 Steps, Marge uh, E. on the um, 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are going to be Marge O. and Katie G. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, January 8, 2020, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that number is 13938. That's 13,938. And for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 13940. That's 13,940. The uh, newcomer greeter for uh, right after this meeting is Elena A.M. And the host for the second hour is Jody E. Our preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. We neither solicit or accept uh, outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position, position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, our OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, well, they can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let me now ask uh, Nancy M. if you'd be kind enough to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, my fellows. This is Nancy M. from upstate New York. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I thank you for letting me serve, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy. Much appreciated. Okay, we have now we have Marge E. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Boston. Oh, good morning, Larry. Marge E. from Massachusetts, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. <clears throat> Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and thank you for your service, Larry, and I pass. Uh, thanks, Marge. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Of course, anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. For readers, it's six months. And there is absolutely no abstinence requirement for sharing as long as you share on the topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read, and we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, press star one to uh, unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying, I'm done sharing. And then uh, press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're gonna resume our study in the big book. We are currently on page 81. Uh, Marge is gonna read from the second paragraph only. Um, it starts our design for living. And uh, Marge O, would you be kind enough to start reading for us? And Marge, press star one if you would. 
Thank you, Larry. I'd be happy to. Marjo from Massachusetts, um, recovered a day at a time and thankful. Our design for living is not a one-way street. It is a good. It is as good for the wife as for the husband. If we can forget, so can she. It is better, however, that one does not needlessly name a person upon whom she can vent jealousy. Larry, would you time me, please? Oh, you bet. Thank you. So this whole section of of the big book is, I have learned from this, I have done this work, but I have still learned more and more listening to people share. I didn't hop into, you know, hotel rooms with people. However, I've spent a lot of time away from my husband because other people were more interesting, more exciting, dressed better, had more time for me to chat with. So emotionally, I really was a person who just kind of like compartmentalized that. That, oh, that This is my husband. That's my home life. This is my social life. And I was lacking in any awareness that, that I was causing a lot of harm. I just was full of self-centeredness, selfishness, and wanted what I wanted, which was attention, because that's who I am. I'm alcoholic. I have this disease, and I don't always behave well. So I have learned between doing the work and living the steps that that is an acceptable behavior, and it's unkind, and it's hurtful. Whether I'm out with an you know, a, a group or I'm out with a girlfriend or if I'm out with a friend at a party because my husband didn't want to go, but two or three friends would go and I would hang out with, with, with one of the guys that was at the party that didn't have his wife or partner with him or just single. So I know that, and as I said, I've learned here, that isn't exactly why I got married and I didn't know how to do it any other way. But I have learned how to do it another way. So, yes, do I still have a social life? Yeah, I do. However, I always invite my husband if he doesn't want to go. I don't have to go to every party I'm invited to. I don't have to do that anymore. I just have to ask my higher power, how can I be of service today? And make my amends and make living amends when it comes to making things right, spending more time with my husband, even if it's just sitting in a chair while he falls asleep watching TV. I'm home, I'm there, and I'm open to conversation. So with that, I will pass, and thank you for this opportunity, and Larry, thank you for your service today. Uh, Thanks, Marge. Thanks for getting us started. Much appreciated. So uh, if you're just joining us, we Marge got us started on page 81, the second paragraph only. It reads our design for living. Um, two criteria. If, if you haven't shared recently, uh, and also if, your heart, if you have a, a beating heart, those would be the two criteria for sharing. Who would like to share on what was read? Katie G. from Boston. Katie. Nessa R. Nessa's heart's beating. Cat K. Cat's alive. 
Sue C. Was that Sue? Sue. Sue C. Yeah, got it, Sue. Anybody else? On M. Laura H. Laura. Okay. Well, well, why don't we stop there? Here's the lineup. Um, I have uh, Katie, Nessa, Kat, Sue, Ann, and Laura. Hey, Katie, good morning. You want to get us started? I'd love to, Larry. Good morning. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Boston. The design for living. So what are we talking about? We're not talking about Katie's design to get what she wants, right? This is, um, this is the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. You know, sometimes I get worried because I hear this interpreted as everyone needs a 12-step program. Everyone could benefit from 12 steps. This isn't a program of me dictating to others what they need or don't need. And frankly, I'm married to a man who is able to practice kindliness, patience, tolerance, love, fearless optimism, and guess what he doesn't need? A sponsor, a big book, sponsees, this meeting, never heard him, you know, like he doesn't need that. So what does this mean? I heard someone from AA say, this is about do I want judgment from all, and I'm included, or do I want mercy for all, and I'm included, right? And so if people have harmed me, yet I want to go to them and, and have them forgive me, then who am I to stand on a pedestal and not forgive them, right? And so if I'm accusing someone of having an affair on me, of not being loyal to me, well, what I have learned is that I need to look at how's my loyalty. How's my loyalty? Am I being kind, patient, tolerant, and loving? If I'm slandering and gossiping, am I really quick to say, oh, well, you know what? Everybody else was slandering and gossiping. You know what? This, that's the dubious luxury of normal men, right? And so for me, making amends and restoring. It's not about going to someone and saying, this is my part. You have a part. I'm here to set it right. Forgive me. It is about going to someone in a humble manner and saying to them, you know, this is what I did. And knowing, I mean, my life broke open to God when I learned that every accusation I have against other people, I do in the same manner. May not be the same. I may not be out there having an affair. But if I'm not and I'm accusing someone of doing that, how's my loyalty? Right? So to throw someone under the bus in an amend so I can feel better is not who God wants me to be today. To imply that someone else has a responsibility in my amend, in my work, it's not my business, right? This is about me showing up, expressing regret, and offering kindliness, patience, tolerance, and love, seeing that we are all God's kids. And I'll wrap up with this. If someone could do better, they would. Because I've seen in all of my work that when I was not doing better, it's because I was blocked from God. And when I get back to God, I stop going outside. And I get to be God's kid. And that's what I want to continue one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Okay, we have Vanessa followed by Kat. Good morning, Nessa. How are you? Hi, good morning. Vision for you. This is Nessa R, a recovered compulsive overeater. I haven't shared on the line for a, for a while. 
since I've been very absorbed in listening to this wonderful shares and really have nothing to add. But uh, today, just uh, this phrase, the design for living, also moved me, although I want to share about it from a completely different angle, because to me, a design for living implies something permanent for the rest of my life, not a temporary diet that I stop when I get to go weight, not a therapy that um, I go to, um, you know, to cure my depression and then I leave when, you know, the depression has gone. Um, it's not something that I do while I'm at home, but uh, I don't do when I'm on vacation or when I go to a wedding or when I go to a restaurant. It implies something uh, that is consistent, um, permanent, that I do every single day, no matter what the circumstances, no matter where I am. Um, you know, that's what design for living really means until the end of my days, you know, may they belong. Um, you know, and um, I guess this is also why we say in the room that, that uh, you know, the, the steps, the program are simple, but not easy because it is hard work. It is hard work. It requires a lot of determination, um, which is, in my case, fueled by desperation um, to do this day in and day out and continue growing as a result of these steps. Um, you know, and we, we see people come in and out of the rooms like a revolving door because I find a lot of people want what we have but are not willing to do what we do. You know, everybody's willing to give it, you know, uh, uh, three months or six months or whatever, but a lifetime, you know, that's a long, that's a long time. And only somebody who is truly desperate and, and willing to go to any length uh, will stick with this, but the results are unbelievable. Like my life is so um, immensely better, immensely different than it was um, even eight years ago when I recovered, uh, you know, I have beautiful relationships with everybody, I or most everybody, and also most of the time, not all of the time, because I haven't turned into a, into a saint. But, uh, you know, um, the fact that I'm in a normal body is even besides the point. You know, I am calm and collected most of the time. Very few things bother me. Um, most of the time, I take a kindly view of everyone, even though... Um, I tend to be a judgmental person. Um, I've turned into a positive, optimistic person where um, I used to be very pessimistic, very negative, critical, controlling. You know, these are the benefits of persevering in this program because it is a design for living. It's not a design for being thin. Um, it's a design for, for living uh, a beautiful, free, joyful life. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nessa. Okay, we have uh, Kat followed by Sue. Meow. Hi, Kat. Hi, thank you. I um, Kat Compulsive Overeater recovered today um, by God's grace. I, you know, when I listen to the paragraph read, I'm like, oh man, this doesn't apply to me. And whenever I find myself having prejudiced as uh, they talk about being Gnostics, but prejudice in terms of trying to carve out my individual uniqueness or how I differ, or why this doesn't apply to me, or why I'm an exception to the rule. Uh, it brings me back right away to uh, just the feeling I had when I first entered in the rooms of OA, and that was 
reading something very similar to the sexual conduct and being like, oh my gosh, what is this meeting about? And and really thinking, oh my gosh, these people are crazy. And and um, just not understanding how program is different than a diet. Like, isn't this about coming here and just losing weight? I didn't understand that this is not a program for just my physical body, like abstinence, but it's a program for me to change my my mind and my soul so that I can actually, so that, that God can help me do what I can't do for myself. And um, when I read, when, when I hear about um, the sex conduct, it, it makes me really uncomfortable. But the reality is, is I, I, I just need to remember that, you know, uh, the way I act with um, my body, my being, my personality, um, I have to really reflect on what my part is, what is where my selfish and self-seeking is huge for me. And my sexual conduct, especially in the past, has been how can I get others to get to help me feel better about myself? And today I know I can turn to God and and this program. So um, I'm working on it one day at a time, but anytime I find myself to be prejudiced or how do the rules not apply to me or how does this not apply to me in life, I have to think about what is my part in my selfishness, self-seeking um, and dishonesty and what is really the fear underlying it. And and so um, for me, again, the self-seeking is, is huge and, and my behavior around food, money, the things that are the hardest to deal with and talk about, it has a lot to do with the character defects. So thank you for letting me share and being here. Oh, thank you, Kat. Okay, next up we have Sue, then we'll cross the pond and we'll go visit Anne. Hey, Sue, good morning. Hey, Larry, good morning. Thanks for your service. And um, for this paragraph, um, I do like the the phrase, the design for living, um, because remembering in the past what I would do is when I couldn't handle my emotions, um, I was upset with my spouse. Um, I couldn't handle what was going on in our relationship. I would turn to someone else and, you know, like emotional, I guess they would call it an emotional affair, like just, you know, trying to get sympathy, trying to get attention. And, um, you know, then, you know, just blaming my spouse for everything rather than looking at my own, um, actions and um you know basically talking about it or um you know like like the paragraph um mentions the forget or in other words forgive um going to god and you know having god be not treating other people like my god i think that was what i would do okay um i would treat my spouse like my god and then okay um, my spouse wasn't doing everything I needed him to do. I'm going to go and find another God. So that was kind of my thoughts about this paragraph. And um, thanks for letting me share. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Sue. Okay, and it's lunchtime out there in Ireland, isn't it? <laughs> Hi, Larry. Thank you so much for your service. And thanks for hearing me on the line. And thanks, Joe and my fellows. 
Um, yeah, this wonderful meeting is such a, a valued part of my recovery. I'm very grateful. Um, and I love this paragraph. When it was read, like someone shared there, I thought, God, what's this got to do with me? But it's everything to do with me. Um, you know, design for living. I love that part because it's it's a way for me to take responsibility for my life. Um, like it says in the book, you know, the bottles were just a symptom or a symbol. Um, yeah, it's a blueprint, blueprint for living because that's my problem. I don't know how to live. Um, yeah, and it gives me all the tools I need for living. You know, it's 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 because I'm an addict. I want more. I I want to fill that hole in my soul with food and with other behaviours. Um, yeah, and I can't filter my own emotions, and I don't want to feel any pain. I want to avoid that. So it's a way for me to live. You know, give me moral principles. Um, and 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 you know, it's a way for me to grow as well and take responsibility. It is like John Kay says in his podcast. You know, um, I feel like I'm just that little kid running around in an adult suit, and that's definitely me. I never grew up, um, and this has given me all I need to grow and change. Um, and I need a higher power for that. Um, and I love the part, you know, where I just reflect. You know, I'm not. I'm a part of. You know, part of life. I always felt separate, and uh, and this the twelve steps are bringing me back into that. You know, I'm a, I'm a product, or I'm a part of my higher power, which is which is collective. Um, I'm not separate. I'm different to other people who aren't addicts, but I am still a part of life. Um, yeah, and it's just to know that, and and the part as well I love about venting jealousy, um, and that's because of my self-esteem, my lack of self-worth, um, and I blame other people. Um, so it's for me to take responsibility for my life, uh, focusing on the solution, which is my higher power. And that's where I get my self-worth and my self-esteem, not from other people or from shopping or from food or from, you know, trying to get try, trying to get attention to venting jealousy on other people. Um, and that's just me just highlighting my character defects. And that's why I need a program. I need principles. I need a solution. I need to... Um, yeah, I need a higher power. And the way to that is, you know, to unblock using the steps um, and to, then I get to walk in the sunlight of the spirit and I get all I need from that. I need everything, everything I need I get from my higher power, but I have to, I have to uncover, discover and recover. And for that, I'm grateful. And thanks again for all your service, Larry. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anne. You say Anne or on. Potato, potato. Um, it's all the same, right? On. <laughs> I say, Anne. Hey, okay, so we have Laura. Then we're going to take more names. We're on page 81, the second paragraph only. Laura, it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning. This is Laura H. out of Chicago. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're coming through great, Laura. Okay, sorry. I haven't been on the line in a long time. You know, I'm so grateful for this big book and the words that just in that little bit of a paragraph that really resonated with me today, and so many of us have talked about it, is that design for living. And when it went on to talk about the jealousy, I'm reminded that, first of all, I'm not in charge, and I do have a higher power. For me, it's God. And when I am jealous, which happens, I just went back to school. I'm a school teacher, and I become jealous of my coworkers. They're more organized than I am. They have it all together. I'm, you know, I'm behind the, you know, I'm behind the times, and they're so good at this. And 
you know, a lot of self-doubt, and that probably that is too because I've been struggling with programs. But I just, I love that when I come into these rooms and participate in these phone meetings and hear all of you share your life, your hope, your, your experience, I know if I follow the program and do the work. So when we talk about jealousy, that's a character defect, and it has to do with selfishness and being self-absorbed. And um, I was married for a long time and not married anymore, but probably because I'm an addict, so I didn't have program back then. So it's a beautiful thing to learn about ourselves. these things. It's hard. It's not easy. Um, I didn't like the feelings that I've been having lately going back to work and feeling those 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 negative feelings. But I know with working the program and getting to my meetings and talking about it, there's hope. So I'm really grateful today to be in this this fellowship and to be on this line with all of you. Thank you all for your shares. Thank you. With that, I will pass. Thank you, Laura. Okay, we like to hear from people who are super, super scared to share. So if you are really scared, Adimi, I know you're not scared. <laughs> I got Adimi, who else? Larry, I'm not scared. This is Sandy W., but can I still share? Sandy! Yeah, you could share, Sandy. <laughs> Thank looking, you. Looking for those scaredy cats here. <laughs> who else? Diane B. Debbie Diane, Suzanne, Lori. Did Debbie. I hear Diane? Debbie. Let's stop there. Um, okay, so so here's who I heard. Tell me if um if I'm just that shit crazy here. Adim, excuse my language. Adimi, Sandy, Diane, Suzanne, Lori, and Debbie. Was there another Diane? I heard one Diane. Okay, let's go with Adimi, Sandy, Diane, Suzanne, Lori, and Debbie. Let's go with that. So let's go with our first scaredy cat, Adimi. Adimi, how are you? Good morning. Thank you. Thank you, Larry, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M., and I'm a very gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always, always giving credit where credit is due. So our design of living is life-changing. Now we have been changed by the grace of God, of course. He has renewed our heart and our mind, and we're focusing on what God would have us be. It's, it's thy will, not ours, be done. So we're being governed by the principles and not by our emotions, thank God. We are governed by doing the right thing and not doing what we feel like doing. You know, we've been transformed to having spiritual eyes and, and a spiritual heart that is led by a spiritual mind. And, um, and that's being aligned and in harmony with God. Our design for living is not a one-way street. And this is the change from what we used to be to what God would have us be. It's going from self-centered to God-centered. It's thinking and acting according to God's will and not our will. It's no longer I, it's we. We are creating 
are designed for living according to the principles and not being governed by self-will or by our, our emotions. So when we allow jealousy to live in our hearts, then we allow to still be controlled by our own personalities. And God loves us unconditionally, and that is a gift. In return, we have an opportunity to have kindness and love in our hearts for God as well as for others and for ourselves. And love is patience and kindness, and there's no room for envy. It is not self-seeking anymore. There's no anger in love. When we allow our hearts to be hardened by our emotions, then we are driven to focus on ourselves and our desires. And I think God is pushed out. He's pushed away from us. And um, and then, you know, we're, we're not being healed by God anymore. But we, if we allow the light of the Spirit to come into our hearts and melt the things that block us so our heart becomes soft, then we can be controlled by love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yes, self-control. We already have prayed to God to remove every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to God and to others. What a beautiful program. I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Eddie. Okay, we have Sandy up, followed by Diane. Good morning, Sandy. <laughs> Good morning, Larry. Thanks so much for your service. Um, this is Sandy W., gratefully recovered from Connecticut, but actually in Florida. Um, so my thoughts, too, like so many others, keep going back to that first line of this paragraph, that our design for living is not a one-way street. And, you know, it made me reflect on um, that word street and how we talk about um, staying on our side of the street, cleaning up our side of the street. Um, and, you know, that's been so helpful to me. That's, it's changed me in ways that I never, you know, expected or felt deserve, that I deserved. You know, just being reminded that um, um, the only one I can change is me and that if I'm not the problem, then there is no solution. You know, but it's in, in the context of this paragraph, it's reminding me as well that, uh, you know, God made us to live in relationship. And, um, and we do that, you know, so early from the start as a, as a child, as a friend, as a boyfriend or girlfriend, then possibly as a spouse or a parent, and in so many other um, ways in, our, in the workplace um, with other family members. You know, and again, by staying on my side of the street, hopefully I can be helpful to those people in my life. You know, I'm learning through this program to be kind and loving and tolerant, accepting others as they are. Um, so this program has made the two-way street, you know, for me so much healthier and happier. You know, as I said, I'm currently in Florida, and, and I'm going to be here with my husband for the next month. Um, he retired, as you may have heard me um, w worrying about there. I did have some real fear um, back on April 1st, which to this day reminds me that God definitely has a sense of humor because I kept hoping in this April Fool's Day was going to be a big joke. And, um, um, and even though, and, and now I'm so appreciative that it wasn't because by using this program, working the steps every day and entire abstinence, um, you know, I'm not the fool now either. And the tools and this new design for living has really made this next chapter of my life fun and wonderful and loving in so many ways I never expected. Um, 
Um, I turned 60 on Tuesday. Again, I know God has a sense of humor because I was offered my first senior discount on that day, which I had hoped to have a few days to before I had to accept one. But, um, you know, this man, so out of character, so, took such time and care to make that day just such a wonderful day for me, you know, something that I, I was absolutely dreading. And, um, and it's all because of, of this program and working these amends, you know, several tough amends with him. Um, so now, you know, this two-way street is one I really do hope I never have to detour from. And um, that's all I've got today, Larry. Thanks so much for your service again, and I'll pass. Thank you, Sandy. Okay, we have Diane up next, followed by Suzanne. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. How are you, Larry? This is Diane I'm B. Doing good. Great. This is Diane B. in New York, thankfully recovered, grateful. Um, so Sandy just said exactly what I was going to say about staying on your own side of the street. However, we are talking about amends, and um, I will say that I have not, um, when I was in a relationship, I did not run out and you know, go with other people. However, I had had affairs with married people. And so in making those amends, my sponsor told me that I had to talk with the person that I was involved with, not the spouse. And that was very hard for me. But, you know, after prayer and doing the eighth step to prepare for the ninth step, um, thankfully I was able to do that. Uh, Today, excuse me, today I have a higher power in my life that helps me Um, to accept situations um, as they are. And when I can't, and that happens a lot, um, I use the steps 10 and 11 to help me to see what my truth is in this uh, situation. So because of that, thankfully, my interactions with others are a lot smoother. Um, And also I think that, you know, because I am abstinent, I don't have those toxic chemicals, the things that, that are not, that are alcoholic to me, I don't have those substances in my system, and and because of that, my emotions and my behaviors are more um, even and more calm. So with with the help of my higher power today, I have tools to use. I have the steps to use. um, I have fellows to talk to to help me, and this, for me, is my design for living today. So thank you for your service. With this, I pass. Thanks so much, Diane. Okay, we have Suzanne followed by Lori. Good morning, Suzanne. Hi, this is Suzanne, uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. And um, I just, sorry, <laughs> that's my dog. <laughs> um, I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to share because um, <clears throat> as everybody was sharing, I was remembering a long time ago, actually, um, before I got in the rooms, before I was exposed to the 12 steps, what it was like, um, just kind of so confused and always looking at other people thinking they had the design for living. Um, I didn't call it that at the time, but I just thought everybody knew how to live and, um, they had the, the answers and I didn't. And I couldn't figure it out. And um, I would buy, like, I had shelves and shelves and shelves of self-help books. And some of them I read, some of them I didn't. And um, I just didn't get it. And um, But at the same time, you know, I was living this life where I had this career and I was a mother of two and I was married. And 
And I was pretending. I was pretending I knew. I was pretending I had all the answers because I thought I was supposed to. And, you know, just when I got into the rooms and I just saw the 12 steps, I had no idea, looking back, like I had no idea how much they were going to change me and how much they were going to heal me. And um, I just, um, it's funny because I, I, I actually prayed my way into the rooms um, because I knew I wasn't a good mother. Um, I didn't know I was an alcoholic or um, a compulsive overeater, but I knew I wasn't a good mother. And I used to pray to God to make me a better mother because I had no idea how to do that. And um, and then I ended up in the rooms of AA and then eventually in the rooms of OA. And, um, you know, it just it just kind of is a reminder to me how when I pray for things, um, <clears throat> I mean, God, the 12 steps made me a better mother, but they also changed my whole life. And um, and today I don't have to have all the answers and I'm okay being myself and I feel comfortable in my own skin. And I mean, I could go on and on and on for what the 12 steps have done for me and continue to do for me every day. Um, so, and yeah, it's a lot of work, but it is so worth it. And I am just really grateful um, that I stuck around. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Suzanne. Much appreciated. Okay, we have Lori followed by Debbie. Lori, good morning. Lori, if you're on the line, if you press star one, or maybe there wasn't a Lori. <clears throat> I've been known to, to hear a few voices in my head, so that, that could be. <laughs> All right, let's go with, um, hey, Debbie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, there yes. you are, Debbie. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you. Uh, my name is Debbie Kay. I'm from Pennsylvania, and I'm one of those scaredy cats, Larry, that you talked about. My hands shake when I share. This is only my third time. When I first read this paragraph, I said, oh, this is going to be a boring meeting. There's not much here. My second thought was, how do I turn that around, Debbie? And um, I began to ask myself, what is Bill trying to tell me, the addict, the overeater, the compulsive overeater? And when I asked myself that question, I began to see his brilliance. What he is telling me in this paragraph is this is not a one-way street. If I want compassion, I must grant compassion. His second sentence is it, is, it is as good for the wife as for the husband. He is admonishing me, knowing full well that I am sensitive as a compulsive overeater, and my ego will easily get bruised. He is telling me, yes, it may be good for your wife, you, Debbie, your spouse, you, Debbie, are not her higher power. So remember, 
keep the focus on yourself as an addict. Because he goes on to say in that third sentence, if we can forget, if I can forget, so can she. And so if she can forget, and my tendency as a flawed human is to want to um, berate her, let me remember, I can forget. And therein, I receive Bill's message of compassion for both my spouse and myself. And the last sentence, it is better, however, that one does not needlessly name a person upon who the spouse can vent jealousy. I had to ask myself, is it possible as a human, as a flawed human, that I might have one hundredth of a lingering resentment against my spouse and my character defect will tell me I can I can send a zinger her way in a passive aggressive slip in my own humanness by trying to make her jealous? And my answer was absolutely. I am flawed. And I had to remind my, myself, this is not acceptable. This is not who I want to be today. Let me go back yet again to my higher power and ask for help so that I don't behave this way. I, I thought if I had a moment of like, oh, this is going to be a boring paragraph, when I turned it around, I get to see Bill's brilliance. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Holy crap, Debbie. That was awesome. I'm glad you got over your fear to share that stuff. Okay. So I need like maybe three. <laughs> I need maybe like three more people who are super, super scared like Debbie. Who would like those spots? Oh, hi, Larry. It's Naomi B. I'm not scared. Can I share? Uh, okay, Naomi, and I got Barbara. Who else? One other person? Pamela G. Pamela. Okay. Three people who are not scared. That's okay. All right, Naomi, you're up, followed by Barbara. Good morning. Hey, Naomi, I can't hear you. Naomi, press um, star one. Is that better? Because I was just chattering away. Oh, my God. Yeah, the best stuff you already did. Thank you, honey. (laughs) I can hear you now. Thanks, honey. Thank you. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Good morning, family. Our design for living. It is as good for the wife as it is for the husband, period. Well, and uh, an occurrence happened yesterday that... um, I was not happy about, but you know what? It's a design for living. My darling sweet husband decided that he he knows his way to go out of the street and go down the driveway, and he makes a sharp right turn onto the street where there's cars parked on both sides. Different times I've been in the car with him, and I come, and it's awfully tight. Well, yesterday got too tight, 
and scratched the side of the car. And, you know, I, I wasn't in the car with him, but I saw it last night when I went out, when I went out to a, a, a work. And the design for living, it is good for the wife as it is for the husband. The day that I backed into a car coming out of a parking lot at Trader Joe's, my husband didn't go out of his mind. It was just a little mess, but, you know, he didn't. And so last night when I was out, I looked at the side. Yeah, it's got a crease on the side of the car, you know, big deal. But you know what the design for living was? I never mentioned it to him when I came back into the house after last night. And I thought, who is this person? I would have gone ballistic on him. It's a fairly new car. But when I backed into this other car with our other other car, he never said a word. So my design for living is to keep my mouth shut and to thank God for this man, which I do every day. And I'm just so blessed because, well, needless to say, the food never enters into this equation. But my thinking, my heart, and I say the sick man's prayer every day for him, has so changed. That's my design for living, and I'm so grateful. And, of course, it goes with my higher power and working the steps every day and, and just being a decent human being. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thanks, Naomi. Okay, Barbara, take a turn, followed by Carmela. Good morning. Barbara, press star one, if you would. Well, I, too, was talking away. Brilliant, I might add. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll just have to accept the rest of me without the brilliance. When I looked at this paragraph, I said, what am I going to talk about? But as I listened to the shares, I realized there was so much in it for me because I came into OA for yet another diet. And what I got was so much more. I felt as I lost the weight, I began to feel the feelings of freedom and happiness and a deeper perspective on life and renewed purpose and direction and acceptance of myself and others. If I can't love myself, there's no way I can love another person. Learning to be quieter, and accept and be patient and listen and do it imperfectly, but do it. And selflessness, when the only thing I was, was a selfish, self-seeking, manipulative person. And the hope and faith that this program offered me gave me such sustenance, nothing like, absolute, no food could do that. I had less fear And finally, the redemptive process of making restitution for the harms I had made in the past and the promises to my husband and to my son that I would do my very best not to repeat them again. They're all embodied for me in the principles of the program. The feeling of hope, courage, faith, determination, all of the, the principles are just 
so beautiful and so important for me. I feel emboldened every single day to go forth, say say my personal set-aside prayer, the third-step prayer, the seventh-step prayer, and then just do the best I can, knowing that I'm imperfect, but God loves me just as I am, but too much to let me stay that way. That's what OA has given me, a, a beautiful, much better life. Those horsemen mentioned in the big book don't have to visit me. I do not have to have terror, fear, resentment, bewilderment, frustration, unhappiness if I just stick with the program and do what I have to do every day and wake up with gratitude filled to my heart. I pass. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Barbara. All right, let's wrap up with some Carmela corn. Hey, Carmela, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Thank everyone for their beautiful shares and for this reading this morning. Um, Designed for Living, it amazed me because I entered programs so late in life that I didn't know a Designed for Living. I thought my way was the best, and I thought everyone had um, the jealousy and and um, anger that I had uh, about other people and, oh, look at that relationship, and my relationships were never good enough. I was, quote, unquote, settling, and I wanted to instill jealousy in people in my disease because I wanted them to think I was as good as they were. So that was constantly comparing, comparing, comparing in life. And thank God I got into this program, and this program taught me how to live and how to live in relationships. And the fact that everyone wants a loving, caring relationship, no matter what, people all want that love and kindness. And jealousy does not belong in that equation. So today, only through learning and working these steps And living in these steps every day, do I try to instill love and kindness in everything that I do so that I do not instill jealousy? And trying to be loving and understanding is a new experience, and yet God is allowing me to do it. And with that, I get so many gifts. So thank you for allowing me to share and for being there this morning, and I pass. Thanks, Carmela. Okay, and thank you to everyone for a terrific meeting this morning. Uh, For everyone who shared and for everyone that joined us this morning, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study that's going to be immediately followed by the closing. Let me give you the share ID for today's meeting. The share ID for today, January 9, 2020, is 13,944. 
That's 13944. So now we're going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Katie has it memorized. She won't be using her book this morning. Good morning, Katie. All right, I'm closing my eyes. This is Katie G. from Boston, Recovered by God's Grace and Mercy. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the record of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.